You're listening to Health Matters with Karen Key, getting you one step closer to a clean bill of health. And a very good evening to you from tonight's edition of Health Matters. It's our monthly phone-in this evening, and tonight we're focusing on diabetes with my guest, Professor Larry Distiller, Principal Physician Endocrinologist and Director of the Centre for Diabetes and Endocrinology in Johannesburg. Professor, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Karen, and good evening to the listeners. And before we begin, just a reminder that there's a list of available documents on the Facebook page, Health Matters on SAFM, or if you don't have access to Facebook, you can email me at healthmatters at safm.co.za. Well, if you have any questions for us, you can call us now on 0892 10 2010. Professor, I think let's start off with who is at risk for developing diabetes? Anybody. Oh, okay, that's simple. Okay. Anybody who's overweight, over 40, strong family history of diabetes, bad diet, doesn't exercise, that's an awful lot of us. Gosh, and I was reading some information that was quite surprising that says if you're of Indian descent here in South Africa, you're actually at particular risk. Why is that? Worldwide, the expat Indian community are at higher risk than they are in India. And in the UK, Canada, and South Africa, they are at the highest risk of all ethnic groups. Uh, probably genetic up to a point. And the other thing that I found quite interesting was if you've given birth to a baby that weighed over four kilograms at birth or you had gestational diabetes during pregnancy, you're also at higher risk. Correct. Gestational diabetes is a form of, let's call it milder diabetes that occurs during pregnancy. When I say milder, I don't mean the condition's mild, but the blood sugar elevations are only slight. And if you have that, it indicates that your cells that make insulin are not functioning adequately during pregnancy. And that's a forewarning of possible type 2 diabetes later on. And this four kilogram baby, this ginormous child, why does that affect us? When your blood sugars aren't adequately controlled in pregnancy, when you have gestational diabetes, the babies tend to be overweight. And the overweight babies are a sign that the mother probably had a form of gestational diabetes during pregnancy. Now, one of the things, as as with a lot of other medical conditions, that early diagnosis is key to this whole thing. Correct. Why is it so important? Diabetes is a condition where the high blood sugar over many years damages the small and large arteries of the body and causes anything from blindness, kidney failure, amputations, heart attacks, and strokes. The earlier you make the diagnosis and bring the blood sugars under control, the easier it will be to prevent these long-term complications. The trouble is that it's estimated that most people with type 2 diabetes don't have many symptoms. And the average duration from the time it starts to the time of diagnosis is seven years. Wow. And therefore, many people already have complications when it's diagnosed. So early diagnosis is very important. Is this one of those things that at a certain age we should start doing this as part of our regular annual checkup, checking our sugars? Absolutely. I think any good doctor, if you go for your annual checkup, will include amongst the tests he asked for a fasting glucose level. It's a very easy diagnosis to make. One fasting blood level will tell you if you have diabetes, pre-diabetes, or you're clear of diabetes. And there's type 1 and type 2, and I know a lot of people sometimes get confused between one and the other. What exactly is the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? They're very different conditions. Type 1 is only about 5% of all people with diabetes. It occurs in younger people. It's due to the body destroying the insulin-producing cells or the beta cells of the pancreas. So these people can't make insulin and require insulin for survival. 
Type 2, which is the vast majority, is more a lifestyle condition where due to inactivity, obesity, and perhaps genetics as well, one, as one gets older, one develops resistance to insulin, and the cells making insulin are dysfunctional. And that gives rise to type 2, which often can be controlled for long periods of time on tablets. Now, type 1, is this something that a child would be born with or would develop as they, when they were very young? How would that work? And what sort of symptoms should parents be looking out for in well, that case? Well, type 1, uh, you're not born with it. It develops most commonly in uh, ages just before puberty or around about matric. Those are the sort of two key times that it develops. Or it can develop at any age up to even adults and older people. The symptoms are very acute because here you're not making insulin. So the blood sugar goes very high very quickly. And that presents with symptoms of severe thirst, weight loss, passing lots of urine, waking up at night to go to the loo, listlessness, tiredness. It's very clear-cut, obvious symptoms. Type 2, because the blood sugars are high, but not high enough to cause those symptoms, can go a long time with very few symptoms. And obviously type 1, you mentioned that that's on insulin. Correct. So, and the other one, type 2, can be controlled with medication and initially, also with, with initially, also with diet and lifestyle change. Initially, but we need to understand that type 2 is due to a dysfunctional beta cell. And over time, the beta cells die out slowly. So many or most type 2 diabetic patients will require insulin treatment at some time in the future if they live long enough. Okay, so it's not something that you – but can you, can you reverse the effects? Can you, through lifestyle change, if, if you catch it early enough, can you change it and, and not get to that point? The answer is probably yes. If you catch it early enough – and it's said that 10-kilogram weight loss can reverse early diabetes. Whether it cures it or whether it just delays it, we're not sure. But you can certainly reverse it by weight loss and exercise. And if you're a person who is at, is at risk, as we mentioned some of those risk factors in the beginning, but you've been tested and everything is fine, it, maybe you should then consider going for this every year. Don't just, oh, well, it's fine this year, I'll leave it for another five years. This is because you are at risk, you should be doing it more regularly, testing it. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, everybody should have a tested over the age of 40 every year because it develops at a point in time. If it's not there this year, it doesn't mean it won't be the next year. This whole getting old thing is really not for sissies, is it? No, but it's better than dying young. <laughs> true, true. Right, we've got our first caller on the line. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 10 2010. Ishmael in Ladysmith, good evening. Good evening to you and your guest. How can we help you, Ishmael? I want to know, I, my GP suggested I take one glycomen in the morning before breakfast and one 500 metformin after breakfast. And then at the evening meal, you have one and a half glycomen and two by 500 uh, metformin after meals. And today I spoke to a friend of mine and he told me, he said, don't take too much of metformin. It will affect you. This guy is on, uh, in, he's, this guy is now on uh, kidney, what they call it? Dialysis. Dialysis. So I want to know whether this will affect me or not. I can tell you that metformin is one of the safest drugs used for diabetes. It's the standard first drug, first line drug we use worldwide for type 2 diabetes. It does not affect the kidneys. It's good for the heart and it's the right medication. I think it's also concerned at the, num- uh, the amount he's taking. The usual dose we take, the recommended dose, in fact, is about 2 to 2.5 grams a day.
So Ishmael is on a lower dose. He's on one and a half grams a day. His dose is actually lowish. If you were my patient, I'd push it up. Does that make you feel better, Ishmael? I do feel, uh, yes, I definitely feel better. You see what happens? My sugar level keeps yo-yoing. Some days it goes away to 14 or 15, and some days it drops down to two and a half. You know, oh. I check my sugar on practically every day. Okay. Glycamine is not a recommended drug anymore. It's a very strong drug, and it can drop your blood sugar too low. Yeah. There are other kinds of what's called sulfonylureas, which is that kind of drug that are not quite as potent and are preferred. Okay, so the glycamine can knock you very low, but if you're going high and low, that I'm afraid suggests to me that there's a problem with your lifestyle. You're not eating properly. When you eat badly, your sugars go very high. When you eat well because of the glycamine, they go very low. So I would suggest asking your GP to change the glycamine for a less potent drug of its class and to be a bit more careful with eating habits. I have two slices of brown bread every evening with whatever I eat. That's you know, okay. it, It's not the two slices of brown bread that does it. It's yeah. other things that do it. And, you know, we can't, unfortunately, go through your diet in detail here, but if you go through it carefully with a good dietitian, you'll find that there are hidden carbohydrates and calories that are pushing your sugars up. Your well, good luck to you, Ishmael. It sounds like you're on the right track, but maybe just another go and have another word with your doctor and a dietitian, and you'll get it all sorted out. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Ishmael. Thanks Thank for the call. So good Bye-bye. night to you. Bye bye. If you have a question, 0892 10 2010. 0892 10 2010. Professor Ishmael mentioned there that his sugar sometimes goes up to 14 and sometimes it's down to 2. What is, what is the optimum level that sugar should, <clears throat> excuse me, should be at? In, somebody, in, in a non-diabetic individual, it usually is a, a below six and a half fasting, below six actually fasting, between about four and six, and up to about seven or eight after meals. In people with diabetes, we allow a little more leeway, and we're quite happy with up to about six and a half, seven fasting, and under 10 after meals. Okay, because I think also that's another thing people don't aren't quite sure about exactly where it's supposed to be. That's and I remember problem. I remember doing a show about a couple of years ago, and a lady phoned in, and she was quite upset. She kept saying, "But every day my sugar's five. And I remember the doctor saying, "But that's fine." And she kept saying, "No, but everybody's telling me it's too high." So you know, you, people get, don't really know where they're supposed to be sometimes. Well, that's the problem. People ask to check their blood sugars, prick their fingers. Mm. But don't know what the result is they should be yes, looking for. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So it'd be six mm. and a half to seven fasting yeah. and under 10 after meals. Correct. Okay. And generally above four. Under four is considered to be approaching too low. Okay. And, and obviously there would be problems associated with it being too low as well. Absolutely. So what could happen if it drops too low? Well, you get a series of symptoms. The first thing that happens is that you get shaky, sweaty, uh, irritable, a little bit confused. And if you don't do anything about that, you can then lapse into severe confusion and even a coma. I remember working with somebody who wore a medic alert bracelet that said, if confused, give sugar. Correct. So that would be why that was for that. Correct. Okay. High blood sugars don't cause confusion. Okay, so the low blood sugar the causes blood confusion. Sugars, yes. Okay, so we're all getting a lot of information here. I think all these, these little bits of things that I think people just never quite understood is what I'm hoping we'll get through this evening. If you have any questions, 0892 10 2010. Daniel in Tongat, good evening. Uh, good evening, Karen. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, and you? I'm well, thank you, Karen. And also good evening to the professor. Good evening. Yeah, my question is, uh, you know, they've been talking recently about uh, heart and insulin resistance. 
and the cholesterol is not really the cause of uh, heart uh, problems. So can you explain, you know, the insulin resistance and heart disease? I can try. It's quite a complicated field. First of all, we need to understand that cholesterol is still the biggest cause of heart disease. There is a, there is a, a, a group out there, a subgroup or a fringe group, that claim cholesterol doesn't matter. Without mentioning names, let's just, yes. say, that, okay. let's just say that worldwide there are enough clinical trials, enough evidence to show us that LDL cholesterol is the single biggest culprit of heart disease mm-hmm. and the most important. Okay, let's put that one aside. Mm-hmm. Insulin resistance is not a disease. It's a physiological state. Mm-hmm. It's a state of our body not responding to insulin as sensitively as we should be. We prefer to use the term uh, that you're less insulin sensitive because insulin resistance has been such a, a bad press by the lay public. Insulin resistance is caused by a lot of things, but most importantly, by being overweight. Mm-hmm. So obesity causes insulin resistance. Insulin resistance doesn't cause obesity. Mm-hmm. Okay, lack of exercise causes insulin resistance. Yeah. Eating too much fatty food causes insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. Cigarette smoking causes insulin resistance. Now, once you are resistant to insulin, you then have to make more insulin to overcome that resistance. Mm-hmm. And that state of so-called insulin resistance is first of all a risk factor, not a cause, but a risk factor for diabetes. Mm. But secondly, many studies have linked that to increased incidence of heart disease. Mm. So the way you treat insulin resistance is to lose weight and do some exercise. Yes. And stop, and stop smoking. I see. Because, you know, there's like, a, you know, a whole um, lot of views, I mean, a strong views coming on uh, cholesterol you know, not being the cause of heart disease and its uh, insulin resistance. So we were getting confused now, you know, what to really believe. Is it cholesterol? Is it insulin resistance? So, yeah, okay. But don't forget, worldwide it's accepted. Cholesterol is a major cause. Insulin resistance, diabetes, all play major roles as well. There's not one reason for heart disease. Yes, yes. And uh, you would say that cholesterol is the thing that uh, clogs up our blood vessels. Absolutely. And I've also, you know, read that, you know, fiber uh, is like a broom, you know, to our blood vessels where it sweeps up, uh, you know, the fatty deposits. Uh, Is that the fact? No, fiber isn't absorbed. Most fibers are not absorbed. They pass through the gut. Mm -hmm. But fibers are very good for the gut because they slow the absorption of starch. And by doing that, they help insulin resistance, and they also slow the absorption of cholesterol. So fiber is very important in the diet, mm-hmm. not because it's sweeping the arteries, but because mm-hmm. it's actually delaying the absorption of all these things from the gut. Mm. And this may be a last question. You know, they said that onions, you know, eating onions um, is actually also good if, you know, one is eating fatty foods. You know, it's like uh, it opposes uh, the fatty deposits in the blood vessels. That's something I haven't heard before. Okay. You know, unfortunately, these days, there's this doctor out there called Dr. Google. Oh, yeah, I, I'm very familiar <laughs> with him. And Dr. Google <laughs> tells us lots of things, but when you look carefully, much of what's written there is not written by experts. It's mm. written by people with their own uh, uh, drums to beat. And you've got to be very careful when you read Dr. Google who is saying what. 
this year. And what about garlic? And I was about to ask you about that. <laughs> Daniel, you, you and I obviously like the same things because if I, as, as much as onions and garlic, and I'm happy. So <laughs> I, hope it's, I hope it's good for us, Daniel. Professor, yeah. are we doing okay with He's that? doing great. No oh, harm good. There's okay. no evidence it does any good, but it tastes good. It, it does. <laughs> So, Daniel, you and I can keep eating the onions and the garlic. Just don't be like me. Just don't go too close to other people because they might not <laughs> yeah, like us too sure. much. <laughs> don't think, don't think sure. the onions and garlic are going to combat the fat. No, no, no. It's just that I enjoy eating onions and garlic with That's anything. Different. That's different. Yeah, no, I just really, those are really my favorite things. As long as it's got onions and garlic in it, everything tastes good. So. <laughs> Well, yeah. Daniel, okay. I hope that's answered your questions. Yes, thank you very much. Great. Karen. Thanks for the call. Okay, have a sure. good evening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. If you have any questions, 0892102010, Uh Martin in Botswana, good evening and welcome to the show. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me. Nice to hear you listening to us all the way in Botswana. Yeah, just across the border, thank goodness. So I can just grab your signal. Great. So how can we help you with this? All right. Uh, my wife is uh, a type 1 diabetic. Uh, so she's in her early 40s now, um, and she got uh, sort of adult onset type 1 diabetes when she was about 25. Um, and uh, the diabetes is, is pretty well controlled, but um, one of the things that has been very difficult is to try and get any information around performing endurance sport and being diabetic. Um, she gets lots of sometimes unusual results where um, her blood sugar will be around seven and she'll start exercising and certain exercise will cause her blood sugar to rocket regardless of whether she's had any food or not. Other times she'll do exercise and the sugar will plummet and uh, we can't really get a lot of advice around, um, you know, how to manage blood sugar whilst doing uh, multi-hour sports. You've actually come to the right place, Martin. Um, it's, wow. it's a field that's not very well known and not very well researched and requires very much hands-on personal experience and trial and error. But mm. you need guidance. You need to understand what exercise of different sorts is doing to your metabolism, mm. your glucose, your insulin. Mm. It so happens that probably the top authority in the country on endurance sports works at our center. And I don't know if I should give Karen yes, you, off air, or can I give it on there? You're welcome to give out any contact details, Professor, okay. if you like. Yeah, his name is Andrew Heilbrunn, yeah. H-E-I-L-B-R-U-N-N. Okay. And you call 011-712-6000. Okay. And you ask for him in the gym, in the Biokinetic Center, and okay. chat to him. He's taken guys up Kilimanjaro. He's taken guys through Comrades, 94.7. Yeah. He's done the lot. Okay, so that's Andrew Hailbron. Correct. Have you got the and number? Sorry, I didn't hear the beginning of your, uh, your show. Um, which center is that? It's a center for Di- CDE, Center for Diabetes and Endocrinology in Johannesburg in Houghton. Okay. All right. Now, that's a potential lifesaver. That's absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate your advice. He, he spends an hour or two with your wife. He'll turn her life around. No, absolutely. And she, she struggles. She tries to do four or five-hour stage events on a mountain bike. And, you know, she struggles to manage the energy. No reason uh, why she shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, excellent. Martin, did you get all those, that, that, that information? Because if you haven't, I can just SMS you later with all of that. Yeah, you didn't. can ask me. I'm, I'm actually in a car at the moment. so Did you, leave your, did you, did you call in but, on a cell phone uh, number? Andrew Heilbron, uh, CDE. I'll get that all online, I'm sure. Okay, because I've got the phone number as well. Was seven? It's Johannesburg code O double one seven one two six thousand. 
Okay, seven one two six thousand. That's right. And if you'd I'll like rem- me, to, I'll remember that. Did you fine. did you call in on a cell phone? I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll SMS this to you later. Then you've got it anywhere if you'd like. Thank you. This is absolute. Wonderful. Well, obviously, it was brilliant. fortuitous that you were listening this evening and you've uh, c- called in to speak to exactly the right person. I'm scoring so many brownie points. Uh, you have no idea. Well, I didn't, even, I didn't want to mention <laughs> that, but you are made for at least the next five years, I think. <laughs> brilliant. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for getting through. Thanks, Martin. Great show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night. Right, off to Centurion. Bakani, good evening. Bakani? Uh, good evening, ma'am. How are you? Hi, very well, and you? Uh, thanks. I'm good, thanks. Uh, uh, good evening to the prof. Good evening. Uh, prof, um, I'm so happy that you talked about Dr. Google, and that, that's what actually made me call today. I had a, uh, I'm a medical doctor. I'm in strings. I had, a, I had actually a client today that, that came in, told me a lot of things about Google, and I said to her, please stop reading that Google thing, because, um, look, the referencing there and... Um, whatever information that, that you're getting from there is not verified. So you're going to get a lot of things from people that think that they know what they're talking about. And actually, when you listen to them, you'll see a lot of things do not make sense. So I, I've realized that actually Google, I remember the other time I was talking to a friend of mine, and he, he was telling me about, I think we're talking about the use of English as a language. And he, tell, he told me that, you can start a sentence with a but or nevertheless. And I said, where do you take that from? And he said to me, he's read a lot of books. And he said, I've read about 300 books. And I said, please give me one. I'm going to go and check that on the Amazon. I just want to check what you're talking about because I've never had that. And the guy could not give that to me. And I said, go and do, go and do some uh, uh, a favor to me, for me, sorry. And go and Google the history of Shaka. From, from from your Google, and you'll see there's a lot of things that are not right there. And please, for any academic purposes, you do not use Google because you'll fail this much. Prof, I, I, I thank you very much for saying that because I, know, I don't know, for whatever reason, people really believe so much in Google, but Google is about, I think, entertainment, but you cannot use that for academic purposes. Thanks, Prof. You know, Thanks, Bikani. Hang on, don't go away. You okay. know what we always tell people? That if it's written... Oh, he's gone. Okay. So obviously he was driving, okay. so obviously lost the line. I was line. going to say, if something is written, it must come from the angels. If it's on the internet, it comes from God. Oh. That's what people think. <laughs> I can't tell you how many diseases I've developed reading Google because I've got all the symptoms of everything. Absolutely. But that's the problem because, I mean, I always say on the show as well, you know, I'll, I'll talk about a specific condition and these will be the symptoms and I'll say... Don't panic if you've got one of them. This is a whole group, and you know, it's you, just because you've got one thing doesn't mean to say you've got whatever the condition is. And unfortunately, when you read Google, I mean, I can be desperately ill every time I read something because I've got every symptom that it mentions. Absolutely, it's, and, and it confuses us and just completely confuses the whole issue. So don't rely on Doctor Google. That is our word for this evening. Absolutely. You know, don't do that. <laughs> not a good idea. Right? If you've got any questions, we're not Doctor Google. We've got the real thing tonight. 0892 10 2010. 0892 10 2010. Fani in Bombella, good evening. Oh, Fani, this line is terrible. Oh, there. Hello? Oh, no. Fani, can we call you back? This line is really bad and we can't hear you at all. So can hang you hear me now? Oh, that's better. Yes. Okay, you had a question? Yes. Uh, I was diagnosed with diabetes since 1982. 
And then by then I was told that I was not going to last for two years. But no. ever since I am improving, I don't know what is it right that I'm doing if I'm improving. Is that possible uh, medical or physiological? I'm asking the professor. How old, how old are you now and how old were you when you were diagnosed? When I was diagnosed, I was 20. Now I'm 53. Okay, I think we need to understand diabetes is not a death sentence. It's a, yes. li- it's a life sentence. In other words, you live with it for life, we can't cure it. But there are many, many, many of our patients who have lived 40, 50, 60, and 70 years with diabetes. As long as, oh, you, look okay. o- as, long as you look after yourself, keep your sugar controlled, take your medication, go for regular checkups, you can live a very full, long life. I'm very, I'm improving very much to an extent that I don't believe in myself anymore now because of happiness. I'm improving. It's ranging now between five and nine. That's marvelous. Yes. You're 53, you said. Yes, that's what he said. If you keep keep it there, you'll make it to 93. Thank you very much. You're obviously doing very well and and, and you're eating properly and doing all the right things, Fanny. So that's why your, your sugar levels are so good. Yes, I've survived two comas, but previously. Oh, my goodness. What happens? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, and I'm glad you're well now. Thanks for calling. Yeah, well Thank done. You. Well done. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, if you have any questions, 0892-10-2010, 0892-10-2010. Solly in Cape Town, good evening. Hi, Karen. Good evening to you, and good Hello. evening to the professor. Good evening, Solly. Before I say anything, I just want to compliment Karen. You know, she's absolutely amazing with Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. What would the world be without Karen? <laughs> Sorry, Shay, that's very sweet. Thank okay. you very much. You know, I just want to t- tell you quickly, uh, my family, from my father, mother, paternal, middle, all sides, were all diabetic and bad diabetics. I mean, insulin, and you take the lot. And about 20 years ago, my physician who treated the whole family called, us, called me in and he said, you know what, if you're not careful, you're going to, it inheritatory, you're going to get it because there was a bad thing in the family and we want to make three changes, just three changes in your life. You're having a lot of Coke, you're going to leave Coke and take diet Coke. You're having sugar, you're going to chuck that away and have sweeteners and you're going to walk one hour every day. And I can assure you just a walking of one hour, which I do eight kilos every day, has changed my entire life. I eat all the worst things in the world and I feel great. We shouldn't be telling people that, Solly. No, it's time they should know that there's nothing like walking and good exercise. I think it's the best cure for diabetes if you don't want to pay all the medical bills. I think, Professor, you'd agree with the exercise. I'm not so sure you'd agree yes. with Solly and the bad food. Yes, I think the medicines, if you need them, you need them once you've yes, got diabetes. Yes, no, yes, there's nothing but, wrong with but, that. But I think to prevent diabetes, there's no doubt that physical activity is the most important thing. And it's recommended a half an hour brisk walk five times a week. More and then, more. Doctor, if I can only ask you one thing, my wife is very, very anti-sweeteners. What's your view on that? There's absolutely nothing wrong with sweeteners. Oh. That's another thing that comes from Dr. Google. What is this whole thing about the aspartame? Yes. Aspartame is wonderful stuff. Oh, really? There's, there's nothing. There, there are two kinds of sweeteners on the market. There are uh, nutritive sweeteners, things like sorbitol, mannitol, 
which have got calories, but they're not sugar. And what's a xylitol then? Xylitol also. And even all at the end. Xylitol, sorbitol, It's got mannitol. no sugar in it, is what you're it's, saying. It's, it's, it's got also, calories, but not sugar. Okay. Also, right. aspartame is not as dangerous yeah, yeah. as what they make it as But to the be. artificial sweeteners, like aspartame, yes. okay, candle, stuff like that, yes. Yes. is actually been shown over and over and over again to be perfectly safe. Because there's one with the aspartame and there's one without. And now I see they've got the stevia as the green one. There's now the stevia. They're all the, fine. They're all fine. They're all fine. Okay. You know, if, if you're going to sit and have 40 pills a day, True. you may have a problem. But okay. in the kind of dosages <laughs> the average person takes, there's no evidence they do any harm at all. But worldwide, doctor, it just clearly shows that diabetes is the fastest growing we won't call it illness, but really, it, it, it's, it's really catching up with everybody. I think it's uh, obesity and bad food and not caring. Absolutely. If you want a fright, I can tell you that every three seconds, somebody in the world is diagnosed with diabetes. And that is alarming when you, when you told me earlier that it takes about seven years to diagnose yeah. somebody. So, I mean, that's, that's even more alarming. Okay. And more alarming than that is every seven seconds, somebody in the world dies of diabetes. <sighs> Right. Karen, you keep up the great job. Thank I you, mean, Solly. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday would not be the same without you. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet of you, Solly. Thank you. And I'm glad you listened. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Good night. Bye bye. Right. Off to Nigel now with Douglas. Douglas, good evening. Good afternoon. Hello. How can we help you, Douglas? Yes, I was wondering if the professor can share the light about the diabetic ulcer. Have you got one? No, my, my grandfather, he, they, they told him the last time that she, he's got a, a, a diabetic ulcer. What is that? Are you talking about on, on the foot? Yeah, on the mouth. You see, under the, the tongue. No, there's no such thing as a diabetic ulcer under the tongue. Diabetic ulcers occur on the feet. Inside the mouth? No, it's not a diabetic ulcer. Okay. Diabetes what doesn't cause ulcers in the mouth. What is the cause of a, a diabetic ulcer? Diabetic ulcers don't occur in the mouth. Yeah, they, uh, well... They occur on the feet due to yes. poor circulation and damage okay. to the nerve supply to the feet. Okay. But if it's in the mouth, it's not from diabetes. Okay, it's, it's a certain kind of, of ulcer. It's something else, it's not diabetes. Okay. Does your grandfather Thank have you. diabetes, Douglas? I beg your... Does your grandfather have diabetes? Yes, he it, does. It, it, Close to 30 years now, she's okay. got diabetes. Okay. Now, I just wondered if you actually had diabetes yeah. or they just told him it was this thing. No, so, it's obviously just some other sort of ulcer. We have a problem that very often when somebody with diabetes presents with anything at all, it's, anything. That's what it is. That they're told by the doctor it's your diabetes. Uh, yeah, I know. I, know, I, yeah. mm. I have multiple sclerosis and every time I have something, it's that's what it is. Yeah. And half the time I know it isn't that, but they keep telling me it must be that. Yes. So, yes, I know the feeling. Yeah. It's an easy sort of go-to point, you know. Correct. Yeah. Right. Oh, Douglas, are you still there? Yes. Well, just um, ask your grandfather when he goes back to the doctor just again to explain what it is and to say that the professor said it couldn't be a diabetic ulcer because you don't get them in your mouth. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, please. Douglas. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Right. If you need to call 0892102010. Stephen Durbin, good evening. Good evening, ma'am. Hello. How can we help you, Steve? Yes, uh, I just want to find out from the prof. Uh, uh, his, I mean, his views are, but uh, is it true that uh, the regular use of uh, of uh, beta medicine, uh, uh, particularly beta conventional uh, traditional medicine, actually suppresses uh, 
diabetes, and uh, it's a uh, it makes it difficult for 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 the medical doctors to detect it from the from from from, from one system, like the use of beta more beta and uh, conventional traditional medicine does it do so- that. Steve, just let me get this clear. You're asking whether if you use traditional medicine that will suppress diabetes, the doctors won't be able to pick it up that you've been taking that traditional medicine. Are you try- Are you saying that if you take traditional medicine that it will suppress the diabetes and then the doctors won't be able to find, they won't be able to know that you took traditional medicine? Is that what you're asking? Yes, like the regular use of maybe Peter, more Peter traditional medicine, like to cleanse yourself, that to to detox, like the the products from body care, the methods and stuff, just to detox yourself. And the regular use of those type of medicine does it suppresses or make it difficult for for doctors to detect it, even for the, for the first time. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay, difficult question to answer because we don't know what's in traditional medicines, which is part of the problem we have as doctors. We, you know, some traditional medicines contain herbs, and some herbs have got active components, and we don't know what's in them. But just to make a point, this idea of detoxing, uh, I don't know what toxins you're detoxing. Uh, you know, it's not a medical term that. Uh, we don't understand detoxing, so it's an alternative oh. medicine approach. And... All I can say is that if you have diabetes and if you're not treating it, then it's easy to diagnose in a blood test. And there's no traditional medicine that I know that interferes with a blood test result. Okay. I said that. So, is it true for one to suffer from the symptoms of diabetes, but not, uh, not knowing uh, that he has it, or, or even no, not even the medical uh, doctors? Taking out from the system is it true to suffer from diabetes? No, without the no, no. Yeah, taking it out. No, no, it's not, Steve. If half the people with diabetes aren't diagnosed because they haven't been to the doctor, it's an easy diagnosis to make. It's one blood test of the blood sugar done before you eat in the morning will give you the diagnosis. It's easy to make. You can't miss it. It's a straightforward diagnosis. The problem is people don't have the blood test done. So it's impossible for, for, for doctors to, to miss the diabetes. It's impossible. The if they yeah. do a blood test, the right blood test, it's impossible. They can't miss diabetes if they look for it. At all. They can't they miss do. it at no. all. No. Yeah, because in the sea, there's uh, some complications, you see. But uh, w- w- earlier in the show, when you mentioned the, the symptoms of the diabetes, I thought I have some of those. But I'm just suspecting because I've been through... Uh, many institutions trying to diagnose my situation. I don't know what it is actually, but uh, they haven't found diabetes. But I, I just, I'm just suspecting that some of the symptoms you mentioned could be associated with diabetes. So Did, I don't know what you Steve, there. there are many other reasons for those symptoms. And if you take traditional medicines, they themselves could be responsible for symptoms. But Steve, did they actually test you for diabetes? Yes, and a number of times. And oh, they have. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, if they're testing you, they wouldn't miss it. Oh, so you are giving me, giving me that assurance that yes. if they test it, they should pick it they up. They would definitely pick it up. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's one thing yeah. you can cross off your list now, Steve. 
Sorry? It's one thing you can cross it off your list. It's not diabetes if they've tested you for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, another thing. Uh, no, uh, it's just uh, some words of compliments uh, directed to you, Karen. You know, I admire you a lot. Your accent and your command of the language. I'm passionate about the English language. Oh, thank I, I you. I hope I will meet you one day. Seriously, I listen to you in all your, the shows you do. The law reports, uh, time to travel. You know, uh, you have a secret admirer. Oh, thank you, Steve. Very nice to hear that. Thank you so much. Okay, keep up the good work, man. Thank you, and you keep well. I hope they'll find out what the matter is. Okay, hopefully Thanks for the I call. Thank you, Steve. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye now. Peter in the Western Cape, good evening. Good evening, man. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. How can we help you, Peter? Yes, uh, I've got the challenge here, yeah, but allow me to... Like to divert from the the topic, but it's partially part of the topic. Our I, I can be I can say so. Okay, go ahead. Yes, okay. It's uh, it's concerning my 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 health when coming to to intercourse. Okay. Hello. Yes, we're yes, listening, yes, Peter. Listening. Yes, I went I went by by men's clinic. They gave me some treatments whereby I was uh, challenged when coming to getting tired when uh, I want to enjoy with my partner. Okay. Yes, yeah. they give me some pills, but I partake them, but there's nothing happening. Uh, perhaps you can give me an idea. And when uh, the my, 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 my male part, my male organ, sexual organ, uh, when I'm in need of uh, to having a course with my partner, it erects okay. after perhaps three three minutes. It gets so weak again. I don't know what might be the cause. Okay, during the the the, the course of my intercourse with my partner, I keep on sweating. What might be the problem? Perhaps the new part of uh, diabetes. I was going to ask you: Are you I, are you diabetic, Peter? Uh, no, I went to the test. But You're not, I okay. I'm not. Yet. How old are you, Peter? Perhaps you can advise me. How old are you, Peter? Uh, I'm 47. So you're a young man still? Yes, still, still, still long way to go. Long way to go. Long way to go. There, there, there are many reasons for this, both psychological and physical. And it, okay. needs, to, it needs to be assessed by an expert. I suggest that you ask your GP to refer you to a urologist. Uh, urologist. Urologist. A, a guy who specializes in prostate. It's U R O. Again, one. I'm looking for a bunny. Okay, Peter, have you got a pen? Yeah, one, one, two seconds. Yeah, I've got a pen here. It's U R O. Okay, U R O. L O. G I S for sugar, T for Tommy. S T T Urologist. Okay, urologist. That's right. Well, they're, they're the people that, that specialize in this and they can give you advice and show you how to overcome the problem. So, consulting. Yes. Okay, I'm by Western Cape. Can I go to the, the, the big hospital, the big government hospital that I can get to us? They do have them they there have as them well, there, yes. yes. Okay, Peter, thanks for the call. Yes, I'm more than blessed. Okay, thank you. Good night. 
Right, off to Potchefstroom now. Alexander, good evening. Uh, hello, how are you? Fine, and you? Okay. No, in 2012, I was having a problem. I was having a sexual intercourse with uh, with uh, women. Then uh, I I was told that she was HIV positive. Then I go to the clinic with her. Then she we were tested. Then she was she was tested HIV positive. Then me was tested HIV negative. Then they told me that I must come back again. I go. I went again after three months. They tested me. I was negative. I go again after another three months again. I was negative. Then I go again after another three months again. Then I was negative. Then the last time I go there, then they tested me BP also.